0: Welcome to the inaugural Sportsify podcast for September 3rd, 2021, with your hosts, Matt Novak and Grant Hawker. What up, everybody? My name is... So glad to have you here with us today. We are Sportsify, Grant and I are, and we want to dedicate this podcast to all the fans out there who spend way too much time checking their phone for score updates, making fun of talking heads, sports pundit types, and know more about their favorite player's last doctor visit than they do their own, guilty as charged. Uh, this is Sportsify. Our format will be a midweek review of the week that was and give you stuff to look forward to in the week ahead as well. We will cover as many major headlines as we can stuff into our time. And occasionally we'll take questions from you as well uh, via social media and our email contact. We'll get you some of that info here in the show and have you follow along with us. Uh, but we wanted to take a moment and introduce ourselves as we get going. I, uh, Again, I'm Matt Novak. By day, I'm a husband, a father of two kids, an associate pastor, and my church. And by night, I am all of those things and an avid sports fan. I swear my allegiances to the 49ers, the Portland Trailblazers, and the Boston Red Sox. Uh, We can cover why I like the Red Sox uh, a little bit later. But then I am also a fan of all things Oregon Ducks. Uh, and I'm also a Timbers fan. I wouldn't call myself the greatest Timbers fan in the world, but that is an absolutely awesome place to watch a game and uh, take part in sports community. Uh, Once upon a time, I did used to write local sports for a few different newspapers in Southern Oregon and had the opportunity to give the Friday night sports wrap-up for local radio. Uh, When I watch sports, I hate watching with a commentary on, especially if it is the sound of the doldrum voice of Joe Buck or, now here's a guy with Chris Collinsworth. I cannot stand the sound of their voices. Um, in my spare time, I sing songs like the one you just heard a little bit of I, here a moment ago. Uh, I'm in two different bands at the, at the moment, and that's what I do for fun. Uh, I'm going to give it over to Grant. Uh, Grant likes cats. That's what you need to know. <sighs> I, I love my wife.
1: My wife loves cats. Therefore, apparently that is dubbed me the crazy cat guy, but I don't think two is too many. I think most, most people listening would agree that two is not too many. I think if you have more than
0: three, then I think it gets weird. So if you're in my house, one is too many.
1: Yeah, well, you don't like pets at all, so That's I think that that is weird in itself. But yes, like I said, my name is Grant. I've uh, I i I've been married to my lovely wife for almost a year now, I'll be a year on the fifth, so in a couple days here. Uh, I am a youth pastor of the church that I attend. We actually work together. We kind of started this podcast uh, because we talk sports way too much. And we figured, why not just put a mic in front of our our voice, our mouths, essentially. Uh, what else? I am a huge fan of the Seahawks. Been a fan for a long time. Been a fan for quite a while there. I, uh, I went to a game. My dad took me to a game when I was about six years old. So I'm a huge uh, Matt Hasselbeck fan. I have a Matt Hasselbeck jersey. So I'm a real fan. I'm not one of those fans that became a fan, you know, when they got the new jerseys. When a guy named Russell Wilson came into town. With that being said, I'm also a huge uh, basketball fan, love basketball, I'm a Blazer fan, I'm a Mariners fan, I'm a Timbers fan, I'm kind of all things Pacific Northwest over here in Oregon, the closest teams. Also, an uh, Oregon Duck fan as well, been a fan of college football, more specifically just the Ducks. Uh, not I don't really pay attention to anything but the Ducks. With that being said, um, my hobbies, I, I did a podcast, I recorded about six or seven episodes of a podcast that discussed uh movies nerd stuff uh, nerd stuff i'm mean, a huge nerd comic books video games all that kind of stuff so that's about all my my credentials lie there is with podcasting stuff like that i keep tr- i kept track of sports for a long time i would it, it's funny i would always kind of wow my my, my parents when i lived with them but like why do you know all this stuff but you can't get your your school work done and so it really just shows where where my interests lie As, i think you're i think
0: you're speaking to our very general audience. I think that was all of us. Yes,
1: definitely all of us. Um, but I definitely got made fun of at my parents for paying attention more to this stuff than I did my schoolwork. But that being said, that's why we're here. So let's let's get right into it.
0: Yeah, we've got some big stuff to hit this week. Uh, we know we're going right into the NFL season, and we will unashamedly talk a lot of NFL today. Uh, we're about ten days out. Uh, Grant and I were actually at my house last night watching college football yep. uh, for a little while. I uh, checked in on that Ohio State-Minnesota uh, game, which was, it genuinely yeah. looked like Minnesota might win. Well, when we joined in, they were up by three points yeah. in the third quarter, so we were kind of like, oh, snap. Uh, that Yeah, that was a little too close for comfort. And then, yeah. unfortunately, Minnesota's running back goes down, uh, w- walked out with a boot on. Strip as sack pointed score. Out. It was, oh, that was ugly. Uh, yeah. the, the luckiest strip sack, by the way. That Oh, the, yeah. The Ball bounced off of one of the Minnesota players and right, right into, into the this hands. Ohio State guys. Defensive hands. tackle or line or, Which, end or something. I, he goes to Ohio State, so there's like a fifty percent chance he's going to get drafted in the NFL anyway. Yeah. But you know that Mel Kuyper is going to be sitting there <laughs> in like the next year or two, and he's going to go. You know, he scored two defensive touchdowns, uh, and uh, he was, he did a heck of a job he's there. He's a at great Ohio pick. State. I love the pick. Love he's the a, pick. Yeah, that's I know exactly. I did a terrible Mel Kuyper. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not proud of mine anyways. either, but. Uh, But no, he's going to give him credit for that on national television. And literally, this guy got one handed to him in the breadbasket. But definitely it was uh, it was still a pretty good game for the most part. Um, Well, we're going to hit some major headlines that happened uh, earlier this week. Again, we want to review the week that was and get into stuff. Uh, Preseason just wrapped up. So we're going to be reviewing teams and where they stand as of now in the AFC in this specific episode and going through uh, the entire AFC uh, yep. In part one and part two here. Um, but before we get into it, uh, there was something major that happened at the beginning of this week. If you are an NFL fan, yep. uh, you have followed the career of this guy uh, ever since he beat our Oregon Ducks uh, uh, back in the day while he was playing for Auburn. For I remember where I was. I Marcus remember where Mariotta I Tears. And oh, I remember pacing in my living room uh, in, in uh, my home in eastern Oregon with about 15 Duck fans at my house. Yep.
1: I was at my aunt's house because uh, she's only had the game.
0: There was a lot of yelling and a few tears. Yes, Um, and then uh, we all just didn't speak for a while. It was pretty brutal. But um, Cam Newton, he does not have a job. No, he does not. Which I think took everyone by surprise. I Um, think it took most of us by surprise. I talked to a few people this week. They were like, "Oh, I wasn't surprised that he's not going to be playing there." And I went, "Eh, they're lying." I I I don't know if I necessarily believe that because if you're really thinking about it, okay, and and even if you're the biggest Cam Newton hater. Um, the, my, the question you ask is, is not why doesn't he have a job necessarily, but it's more, what in the world are the Patriots doing? Yep. Um, Belichick is the type of guy who, and we all know that last week, Cam missed, uh, I think it was three practices, uh, because of a COVID-19 misunderstanding. Yep. And, uh, during those practices, uh, Mac Jones goes in and he takes over the offense Apparently does incredibly well. Apparently that that's kind of what kind of uh, put the nail in his coffin as Patriot in his Patriots uniform. Right. And the, and and then all of a sudden Belichick just goes, you know what? I don't need you. I got this guy. Um, yep. But news to Bill Belichick. Not really. I get it. The dude understands his football, but he,
1: he only has Jared Stidham. Yeah. I think to me on the he, roster. Yeah. To me, that's the craziest thing is, I mean, it, 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 if you want to sit here and debate the qualifications of Cam noon or his skill, how has it, has, has he, decline digress sure, all those kinds of fine. things that, that's, that's a different fine conversation but you're saying that you would rather have Jarrett stidham as your backup than cam newton
0: and no nobody i i think if if bill belichick is looking at it from just a purely football perspective there's no way in the world you'd say that because, because I, jared it, stidham is horrific
1: I, I think easily you would say that if you have cam newton as a backup you have the best backup in the league
0: i i would i would maybe argue that with a couple of names and you and you you nod your head as soon as i say them Okay, the Bears have an incredible backup situation. Would you rather have Nick Foles or Cam Newton right now? If you got to go win three Ooh. games. I am I'm, I'm I just going to just s-
1: I don't know because here's the thing Nick Foles wasn't even that impressive when he when he was when he was Super starting. Bowl champion,
0: Super NFL, Bowl NFL ch- MVP. Uh, yeah, I'll take the Super Bowl champion. I know, but All I'm day. just saying,
1: but I'm just saying Cam Newton's ceiling is higher than Nick Foles' ceiling right now. I'm saying overall today. I'm saying today. Yeah, but
0: I'm I'm saying right now, and that's the way we got to look at it. Because what I right now, you said he was the best back in the NFL, and I would say I feel like you're referring to at this moment. Yes. Which I would also uh, I'm I I'm a 49er fan, so I'm going to say we we might have something to say about that too at uh, the moment. No,
1: because he hasn't played a real (laughs) NFL game.
0: Sorry, that bias. I'm I'm not a I'm not a big biased guy, but I do like ticking him off. Yeah, Um, I don't. I don't. Also, I, I I I would take Nick Foles in a heartbeat. Over okay. Cam Newton with three games to win. Okay, uh, especially if we're talking about the playoffs, and we're always talking about the playoffs. Um, <laughs> but we uh, we, we got to be playoffs. We got to be. Yeah, you went. You, you went. I think the right amount of high there with the voice. Th- yeah, I think I did. Too. Um, but I think we got to be really honest and just say uh, that Cam, yes, has diminished. But they, again, the bigger issue here is. Uh, that it feels like year to year there is less of a plan with Bill Belichick and how he's approaching things. Yep. Last year was a train wreck. You have got to figure this thing out. I think they they're trying to say we have figured it out with Mac Jones. We have figured it out, but Mac Jones is going to be a two a three year thing before that's a real winning team again. Yeah. Uh well, They're on paper they're not ready to go t- no. today. No, and I, I'm just looking at their depth chart
1: right now. Um. And they just have Jared Stidham. And currently, I don't know why, but it's—I'm not 100% certain why—but he is currently out. I'm not sure why.
0: That COVID, possible I'm, COVID I'm, protocol? I'm,
1: yeah, I might be COVID. He's on. He's Did, on. I'm on ESPN depth chart right now, and well, it's Mac Jones and Jared Stidham.
0: So uh, my question would be, and and we can look this up as the show goes along. Have they even signed anybody to the practice squad? I didn't hear any any third quarterback getting signed um, to the practice squad, which leads me to believe what you believe which is that there are a number of teams like the Bears who are sitting there with the three-quarterback option, the Eagles. Um, the Seahawks you know, quarterbacks. Who, who's got three quarterbacks on the roster. I believe the Texans do as well. Not that you want any part of that mess. but No, um, no never. But they've got three quarterbacks on the roster, and Belichick's sitting there with draft capital. Oh, okay. And you got to believe. I was looking at their – Okay. Maybe make a move. I, I want to correct myself. I'm
1: looking at their depth chart on their roster okay. on the ESPN. They have someone uh, – They have Garrett Gilbert – and Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham. Okay, so they have four right now.
0: None and and none of those options are NFL gonna win you games options. No, I, I, I uh, and I'll be
1: and I'll even play this. And I know that this this could sound stupid, but you've never even seen Mac Jones play a football game.
0: That's totally fair. So I mean, so I'm
1: just saying, I know people are promised, but he could come out and just stink up the joint. Sure,
0: and, and Bill Belichick uh, may very well feel like Mac Jones is going to win games and you can all just go jump off a cliff because I know what I'm talking about. I'm Bill Belichick, the greatest football coach of all time, uh, which he is. And we can debate that at a later time if sure. you weird Green Bay Packer fans want to have an argument. But um, yeah, that'd be
1: interesting to just watch someone get eviscerated yeah, on the be, Internet. That's yeah. what would happen.
0: <laughs> that is what would happen because, um, you know, numbers and stuff. But I. Uh, I I think it's just going to be really interesting to see what plays out. Hopefully by the time we get to episode two, we've got some answers to that. Yeah. I mean, we're even a couple days
1: away from removed from it. And even still, they don't, they haven't picked any like a,
0: like, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's gotta be a trade coming. There has to be a trade coming. You cannot be happy with Garrett Gilbert and Brian Brian Hoyer. Jared Stidham. And and Jared Stidham's number two on the chart. Or is he three? I would guess probably. Okay. I mean, I, I, they seem to be very faithful to, to those guys. That, to him and, and, Brian o, and, and other guys that they draft. I mean, Brian Hoyer's been on the team for three this years now. is his now? second stint or third? Okay, second yeah. Third I think he's been on the, the team remember before. Remember, he came to the 49ers as well and yeah. went back. Yeah.
1: Um, so They seem to uh, like Bill Belichick does seem to really like certain players. Even right. play,
0: and it, even players that aren't that good. I don't know why. but Matthew seems- Slater. That, that dude's been a wide receiver on the Patriots yeah. for I, 11 years. Yeah, uh, one Super seems, Bowls. And, and if you're a casual st- fan, you don't even know who this guy is. Yeah, he's been
1: playing. Looks like his experience is 14 years,
0: 14 years. And they're all with Patriots.
1: I that sounds about right to okay, me. That was a few years off.
0: Apologize, Matthew Slater. Well, but but even that, even
1: See. even that. I mean, just look at Nikhil Harry. Obviously, it seems to be a bust and he's still around. Yeah. Why not just pull the plug? I mean, the dude's super tall. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, he's six, four I mean, he's a. He's who you'd want size-wise.
0: No-can-catchy ball.
1: But if you can't catch the ball, it's kind of, you
0: know. Well, this will be an interesting situation to keep watching and paying attention to. Um, Before we jump into the AFC West, I do uh, want to— or AFC West. We're going to be in the AFC South. Uh, My bad. Uh, We flipped a coin before we started this thing and decided— because each of us is going to take a division within uh, the AFC and kind of diagnose and deep dive— uh, to today uh, through episode one and episode two yep. but uh um, or part one and part two my bad um but I do want to touch on uh, just really quickly uh, the baseball playoff picture before we get into stuff because uh, I want to put some of the other things we we're gonna do into part two um gotcha. and I want to talk about the devil Rays and let
1: me pull up playoff picture for me I, so I'm looking at
0: it I am uh, I've been incredibly impressed. Um, watching the playoffs uh, kind of come together here in the MLB with what is going on in South Florida, yeah, um, crazy stuff. I don't you, think anybody
1: really expected.
0: No, well, I mean, you come off you you come off of the shortened season. They, the what yeah. the Devil Rays did was a fluke. It's it's the COVID weirdness. It's all that. Like, eh, they get one right. Yeah, uh, but 162 games. I just genuinely didn't think they had it in them. And here we are. I think we're at 133, 134. Uh, they are an 84, 85 win team, somewhere in that range right now. They're, eight, they're
1: 84 and 50 currently. 84 and 50. And that's
0: just because my Red Sox handed them uh, losses back to back nights here uh, uh, just, the last yeah. two evenings uh, this week. But they are right there with the Dodgers and the Giants for the league lead in wins. I believe they're in second place right now uh, for wins. They are number one in runs per game in the MLB. They are also number one in uh, team ERA. So they're doing it on both ends. They also are number one in fewest turnovers per nine innings. Uh, And they are, I believe it's number three or four right now uh, for defensive assists. So this team's getting it done everywhere. And they don't have a 300 hitter on the team. Nelson Cruz has come over and hit home runs and a few doubles and nothing else as a 40-year-old DH I'm batting number two in the lineup last night. There was a 40-year-old man batting number two in a lineup. <laughs> uh, that does not happen often in the MLB, but this is a team bent on analytics. Well, a team that has 84 right. wins. Yeah, they, but they're bent on analytics. This is how yeah. it gets done. And they everything seems to be working for them. They were uh before these last two losses, they had just gone nine and one in their previous yeah, ten.
1: They're eight and two. I think uh, I'm looking through it. It looks like the hottest team in the league. Uh they're tied with the Indians apparently are are wait. Why does it do this? It just automatically switched to the <laughs> twenty twenty. Love, love it when I, that happens I, I on Google. stat
0: pages. The uh, uh but I, the I hottest team just, in the league eight and two. Yeah, I think it's absolutely incredible to watch uh teams that uh that don't seem to have a star just that that star, bright shining star on the roster, yep. do what they're doing right now. They're doing it with consistent pitching. They're doing it with fantastic defense. Yep. Uh, and they're doing it in what everybody knows to be the year-to-year toughest division in baseball. And And those of you that love uh, the NL West, you can argue that point right now. But year-to-year, the, uh, the AL East is where it's at. Well, they have th-
1: three of their four teams have 70 wins or more. Right.
0: Yeah, and, and, and different points. Uh, and Well, and if you look into the AL uh, playoff standings right now, both the Yankees and the Red Sox own the wild card spots uh, out in the AL. And it's going to be really interesting as it comes down. The Red Sox has been on a bit of a skid. Uh, not a bit. They, they had a really horrible uh, August. I'll, I'll throw my team under the bus here. Uh, just some horrific pitching, yep. untimely bats. Uh, they had traded for Kyle Schwarber. Uh, they were bringing back Chris Sale, and neither of them were in the lineup as soon as expected. So I think they had some issues there. But uh, the Red Sox right now hold a few games lead over both the A's and the Mariners.
1: Yeah, I think we're. Th- I think the Mariners are three and a half games behind you. Three and a half. Oh,
0: and wait, what? Uh, let me see. And A's are a, about a game or two.
1: I mean, we're they've only, they're only only have two more wins than we do. Okay. So they're probably a game and a half behind yeah, you. Then game,
0: about a game and a half. So. Uh, you know you're watching this thing take shape, and it's going to be very competitive uh, on the AL side as we approach uh, October. Uh, again, we're we're at 133, depending on where your team is at. Your all teams are around 131 to 134 games, yeah. plus minus on uh, cancellations for rain or COVID. And um, so we've got a month of baseball left.
1: Yeah, I'm just so excited that we're in a conversation. The, our, our, my Mariners are in a conversation. You're, you're in the for, conversation. For but, a wild card. But we all
0: understand it's September, and this is when you guys find the nearest slide and jump down it as a train. Yeah, I can describe September as,
1: as one word for the uh, Mariners fans, and it's pain. Mm-hmm. Pain, suffering. I think that's pretty accurate. The wailing and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> I, I, you, it's, it's all that. You went from
0: one word to many words, I know, and I think we I got into the Book of Revelation there.
1: I did, but, um, th- it, but I mean we had, we had one of the hottest summers in the league. Like we, we, our July was insanely good. Right. So I, I, we're super promising. We're a young team. We're playing hard. We're winning close games. We're winning games that we shouldn't, but we're also losing games that we shouldn't also. <laughs> um. But I mean, we, we had a series against the Astros and we shut them out. They didn't score yeah. a single run on us. Um. And so we're just, we're just an interesting team. We play hard, um, which is something that hasn't always been said of us come this time. A lot of times we just kind of throw in the towel, um, well, the so youthfulness we're, helps. We're, we're we're very young. I think yeah. that you know, two to three years, we're we're a consistent playoff team.
0: Okay, I can I, I can get on board with that thought process. I I do I do appreciate it when any fan uh, that I you know, as we're talking about stuff, goes, yeah. you know, in two or three years. Well, I know, but and, but and I know that that's real. It's real because I mean, baseball. for for the Mariners
1: for years, it's been never. <laughs> we're <laughs> so never going to make the
0: playoffs because 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 anybody is listening. Let me just lay this out for you anyone is going to be ready to go in two or three years. You're you're setting okay. a very a, a, a pretty easy climb there. I will say this for the Mariners though, I uh, you know, we we've talked about this before. They do have the best farm system in yes. the MLB. Yes,
1: we uh as of a couple days ago I saw I, I follow a couple you know Mariners Twitter accounts that said that we are the only organization with all of our farm systems uh, and or, or you know AAA AA, all these all these organizations eight wins above 500. We're the only the only organization.
0: Which is fantastic. You got that a winning, You got a winning culture coming from the bottom. Now we just need it to rise to the top. And 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 we've signed
1: we we we've extended our our a bunch of our people in the front office. i yeah. But I'm just gonna say our playoff drought is nineteen years. Whew. I'm twenty one years old. Bangles so, where are you at. So we have the longest <laughs> active postseason drought. I don't I've I've as long as or, I have no, been a just fan. winning, my bad, bad. As long I as I have been a fan playoffs. I have I have not seen them make the playoffs
0: that's brutal so I, I remember your team making the playoffs yeah 2000 and, 2001 but since then yeah yeah when when uh when this guy named brett boone was just <sighs> taking syringes and jabbing them into his biceps every other day I don't, I don't uh let's let's we, move on. Oh, we don't need to talk about no, that? let's move on oh, okay. move all right on. we can we can move on well we're we're excited for this race heating up uh we of course are going to check in uh with standings each week and we will pay particular attention to the playoff standings yeah. as we go throughout the rest of the season. It's going to be exciting to see what team gets hot, stays hot, and makes a run here. This, at the this end. is this is when it matters. Absolutely, this is when it matters. October is baseball. October is baseball. Winter um, is. Well, we're going to jump into the AFC and get going on our preview right now. I want to get right to uh, the South. Again, we flipped a coin, so I'm taking the AFC South, and and I'm going first uh, yep. here. Uh, and we're just going to start at the bottom of the barrel because the worst, in in my mind, probably the worst division in football, and, and I know the NFC East has something to say about that. Yeah, it's does. really interesting right now, though. I was hanging out with an NFC East uh, fan, Eagles fan yesterday, who really believes in his defense. Yes, he does. A lot of nice things about his defense. Uh, I don't think wrong things. No, no. I think he has reason to be hopeful. I'll give him that. Yeah. Um, It certainly looks like it's going to be better than yesteryear. But uh, anything is better than. But (laughs) just going to throw that out there. Remember when they remember when they tied with the Bengals in that one game last year? Yeah, week two or three. (laughs) Um, And but in Cowboy fans are certainly hopeful. I've been listening to that since nineteen (laughs) ninety five. Um, but, uh, you know, as Dak goes, so goes, I think the NFC East, to be honest, I, uh, I, yeah. in terms of its competitiveness. And I know so Washington, well, the Washington football team itself is pretty good. We're going to get into all the NFC yeah, stuff next, next, year, week. But, next week, but just saying, I think the AFC South is probably worse than that division in my estimation. And it's okay. because w- the bottom of the barrel team in that division and the league is this dumpster fire called the Houston Texans. Really? So, let the, Let's hear about it. The worst team in football. And again, I believe those words. This franchise has shot itself in the foot the last several years and is currently married to a quarterback to the tune of $156 million that cannot step onto the football field. Deshaun Watson currently has 22 females suing him for sexual misconduct. Uh, there is absolutely zero chance he plays in the NFL. Not just until the situation is resolved, but for sure this year. If yeah. you're listening to this, do not, and understand this, the Miami Dolphins will not own Deshaun Watson's don't, contract. Don't they're, draft Deshaun Watson. Not doing it. Fantasy. Just leave the situation alone. Uh, we need to stop listening to writers who like to get up on ESPN once a week and go, Deshaun Watson is days away from being traded to It's not going to happen. And the no reason, team wants that head case. No, well, no team wants the head case. Nobody wants to pay Deshaun Watson $10 million to stand on the sideline this year and then deal with the headache that is his contract going forward. If that guy actually plays on the football field, there's not a team in the league right now who can afford him without cutting serious amounts of yeah. uh, veteran players. Okay, wait, but real quick, do you think he deserves that money? Because I think... Like when he signs as a an, player or as a human. As as a player, as, as a, player. a player, he deserve he, he is worth the money. Okay, I, that's I just wanted to clarify that because yeah, but okay. he, nobody's gonna do it because sure. what he did off the field impacts the value of him yep. on the field. Yeah, and it is it is about time players learn this? You cannot go around and I'm per, and I'm presuming some guilt here. I believe sure. that there is some. You cannot go around parading yourself and saying I uh, or thinking that you're invincible and that that's not going to affect your bank account, it's not going to affect public image, it's not yeah. going to affect your performance on the field. This affects everybody when they when people make decisions like this. And again, yeah. I'm presuming some guilt here, and I understand he's innocent until convicted and all that. But what it looks like from a very obvious standpoint, it's, for those of us who have watched athletes for years... 22 is cases is a...
1: He did some bad stuff. If 22 people are coming out, there's something. There even if has there's, to be something. Yes, and
0: even if it's just one that's that's true, yep. and then some lawyer went and drummed up the rest of this, I, That that's awful, and these guys got to understand it's going to affect you on the field, in the bank account, and for your future. It absolutely yeah, and will. I, and
1: I think the NFL now is going to decide to like hand out more, harsher punishment for this kind of stuff.
0: Well, I, we uh, Roger Goodell learned his lesson with Ray Rice. Yes, that that was the most uh, six games for that. Everybody would agree is appalling. Yeah. And Ray Rice Absolutely. deserved to lose his NFL career for what he did. Yep. Um, And and we're not going to get into that debate no. today. But but Forever. I do want to say that Deshaun Watson has handcuffed this team. Now, before him was the guy who gave him the contract. Okay. Deshaun Watson did bad things and he handcuffed this team. But Bill O'Brien. Let's talk uh, about him. Is gone now. Thank God. And I uh, because well, if Bill you, if you hate the Texans you're bummed he's look he's gone yeah I mean if you're if you're in that division you would have loved Bill O'Brien to stay forever <laughs> uh, because Bill O'Brien hands out a money contract like, yeah, he hands out money like candy to his players Brock Osweiler and uh, and then destroys his team on the field. Uh, from a scheme standpoint and a player personnel standpoint, yeah. that's a guy who let DeAndre Hopkins go to the Cardinals for a corn dog and some leftover gum underneath a be- bus stop bench. Um, letting O'Brien go is a brilliant move by the organization, but the team is now in complete disarray. They're going to be starting Tyrod Taylor, who thank God has two good lungs now uh, after getting stabbed <clears throat> in one of them last year and having his job uh, pulling out from underneath his feet. Um, though I'm not sad about that because I love Justin Herbert. Yep. Um so I'm not sure genuinely other than Brandon Cooks, who's going to be catching balls on this team. Uh, I am. I do know that they have the oldest running back room I've ever seen in uh, the NFL. Yeah. They, they re-signed David Johnson, uh, mm-hmm. already had Duke Johnson, yep. and then brought in uh, ex-Raven uh, Mark Ingram, as well as former Patriot Rex Burkhead. <laughs> uh, that's a lot of experience. We like that. like they're, the they're Lakers well right now? Seasoned. Uh, veterans it's, like, it's, it's about the Lakers right yeah, now it's like the Lakers roster that's absolutely correct uh, Duke Johnson I think would be the uh, uh, Anthony Davis of that <laughs> that roster <laughs> um, I, I can imagine in terms of age not ability calm down people uh, I can imagine a new head coach David Coley uh, formerly the assistant head coach with the Ravens uh, who are always amazing uh, and league leaders in rushing attempts I uh, wanted to make sure this unit was ready to go. Yep. The emphasis has been clear so far that the run's going to be the focal point of the offense. Bill O'Brien had given up the farm for Laramie Tunsell. This team's starting left tackle. Uh, who's still, he's a great player. He's a great player. He's a Fantastic good guy. player. I, I, mean, I wouldn't say a good guy. Good good player. Yep. <laughs> uh, i say that. In, in, a, in a trade with Miami. So Houston had no first-round pick this year. They went after Stanford quarterback Davis Mills at 67. Uh, that happened, though, because uh, the Vikings... Uh, at 66, snuck in and took Kellen Mond. I think everybody was shocked at yeah. that, um, that they made a move there at 66. Um, but Davis Mills uh, is not going to be a starter this year. He's not anywhere near. Um, but uh, he's going to have that opportunity again to, to uh, back up Tyrod. Um, and then they did take a player at 89 that I like in wide receiver Nico Collins out of Michigan. Uh, you know, he... He's going to be a great deep threat. Uh, He's probably a second or third option right now. Um, He excels as a uh, 50-jump ball guy. I watched a lot of their games the last uh, few years, and and this guy definitely has the tools for the NFL. Um, But... That receiving core is going to be led by Brandon Cooks again. I, I just, I don't see anything good happening he here. He had over a 1,000 yards. I think he had like 12. Because hun- you got to throw the ball to somebody. Right. I mean, that's that's genuinely what that is. got to throw more. it to somebody. Oh, it was and who Randall is his Cobb. Cor- hey, right. And who was that's his quarterback year. last year? Well, yeah. It's- you know, the, the guy that can throw the ball is not allowed to throw the ball right now. Right. Um, And, you know, this is going to be a dumpster fire of a year. That, that It absolutely is. I don't want to belabor the point here. Remember that J.J. Watt is gone. Their defensive captain. Uh, they moved on in previous years from players like Tyron yeah. Matthew, who went and uh, won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. I, all that kind of stuff. Like, uh, this is this is going to be awful. So yeah. bye bye Watson, and honestly, hello three and fourteen for the Texans.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the point to emphasize real quick is how fast this team fell apart. Yeah. Two years ago, they were up. They were up by like twenty five points at halftime against the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, remember that, people. That literally was the fall of the Texans. Yeah that game right there yeah Excellent and like,
1: I, re- I i remember watching that game and i remember the the the, tit- the titans the texans blowing the game so much i remember much. the titans too okay yeah 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 um but i'm rem- i remember side. I remember the i remember the texans falling apart so much and the chiefs scoring so many points they literally had to make an announcement they ran out of fireworks <laughs> they ran out of fireworks to shoot cuz they scored like end up being like 50 something to Twenty, I, 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 it was it was insane, and that's where they fell apart. Yeah, and then that's when I, I just I just think of Bill O'Brien that that like meme image of that that girl that's like kind of looking at the camera with the house on fire behind her. That's a hundred percent what Bill O'Brien did to this team, hundred percent.
0: Except for, except for Bill O'Brien's walking out with a cigar in his mouth, just not giving a crud because that guy was also making like eight million dollars. Oh yeah, a year. Yeah. Uh, to and suck again, it up this is Houston.
1: this is the the cautionary tale. Head coaches should not be GMs. Amen. That's that's where this comes down to cuz I think that him as a coach he did fine. They were in the playoffs. They'd win 9 to 11 games like 3 like for, like 3 years in a row. They made it to the playoffs and he was fine. Yeah. It's it's the GM decisions that just absolutely just tarnished his reputation and made him lose his job and destroy this this organization. So I got him at 3 and
0: 14 yeah. and getting the number 1 pick. Do you like that number? Yeah, I could say they could lose they they can only win two games. He, think, he thinks I'm being nice with, yeah, three, I think they with could, three wins. I don't see anything promising about that team. <laughs> I don't either. Um, well, speaking of control freaks, let's move down uh, to North uh, Florida uh, and go to Urban Meyer. Uh, he finally came back to coaching. In welcome my, back. Uh, welcome back, coach. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy your two and a half years in Jacksonville. Because uh, I don't have a lot of hope for Urban Meyer at the NFL level. I may be a crazy person. Yeah. Um, but college coaches generally don't work out. I mean, the greatest um, college
1: coach of all time didn't work out.
0: Yeah. So there's that. I mean, Nick, Nick Saban spent how long in Miami? What, two years? I think. I think two years, yeah. But, um, you know, it, this But this move to Jacksonville does make perfect sense. With uh, sure. with that said, I, I could Urban Meyer be great? Sure. I, he could be. Um, this is a team with low expectations, not one player who isn't expendable. And, oh, yeah the number one pick in his hand as he came into the job. The next John Elway, the next Andrew Locke. (laughs) Was this a perfect scenario though? Far from it. It definitely is. Jacksonville's owner, Shahid Khan, not only let go of fourth year head coach, Doug Marone, but also fired GM, David Caldwell, uh, who had been in place for eight years. I remember that's a guy that helped put the team together behind Blake Bortles I uh, sent them Went deep the into AFC, the playoffs. AFC yep. Championship, AFC Championship They're only game, only a couple plays away from being the Super Bowl. Uh, that is ridiculous. Um, and this last year, though, after a one in fifteen season, I don't blame uh, Con for doing that at all. I'm uh, no. just cleaning house. Now, I will say though that I have some bias on my assessment of his hiring. Um, you hired Urban Meyer. That's a that's a boomer bust move. But right. then they hired Trent Balk, who is the former GM of my 49ers, Mister. Miss, yeah, Of course you love him as a Seahawks fan, because this genius would go and draft people with uh, ACL tears with second-to-fourth-round picks and then try and make them something in the NFL. Um, I am just not a fan of Trent Balk. Super glad he's not in control of my team. I love you, John Lynch, uh, <laughs> should you ever hear those words. But, um, eh. you know, I, I, I don't like that move at all. Trent Balk's been around football for a long time. I don't think that he's bad— at uh you know player analysis i believe that he does not put things in place for player development mm. and that is a part of So his he's a good job. scout that's about it cuz what was kind saying you'd be a great scouting director for any team yeah. that wants him um but urban and trent did make some some moves that i really do like in the secondary uh they brought in some proven players in shaquille griffin uh from grant's seahawks he's to a solid play player. outside cornerback um Uh, With last year's solid draft pick, C.J. Henderson, that was a great pick for the organization. Um, Great move by David Caldwell. Um, But uh, (laughs) this gives the Jags three years with two good young corners that alongside Rayshon Jenkins, who came over from the Chargers and free safety, Gerard Wilson, will bring stability to that secondary. Uh, They've got the ability to be the best secondary in the division. Um, They really do. Uh, Meyer also keyed in on improving the wide receiver. core. He brought in Marvin Jones to play alongside Chenault um, and to compete for that number one job. I don't think it really matters. They're going to play with two wide receivers all the time. So yeah. Chenault and, and Jones will be on the field uh, most of the snaps. Uh, in all, the Jaguars brought in 16 players before OTAs uh, just in free agency. Uh, just Justin for you. Tim Tebow. Uh, Bye-bye, Tim Tebow. RIP your career, sir. Uh, How many chances has that dude gotten? I don't know, Uh, but he deserved every one of them. I love that guy. Okay, all (laughs) righty. There's a little bias for I love watching Tim Tebow succeed. Um, I, I remember the day that he was drafted. I was sitting in my friend's home uh, here. In, Apparently he's going to go on
1: first take and debate Stephen A. Smith every Friday or something. That's like his next Fantastic.
0: Day. Cause he will put that dude in a trash can, seal the lid and tape it shut. Hopefully. Um, yeah. I mean, he could, he could. could, he could easily pretzel him and put him in there. Um, but it, the Jaguars in the draft, they did the unthinkable. They went with the most obvious number one candidate of all time. Uh, Trevor Lawrence with his long, shiny hair and uh, horse face was brought in from <laughs> oh Clemson to be the quarterback of right flipping now. Hey, don't. It's true. I that. It's true. Everybody else giggled. Um, and he is looking the part. That's for sure. Looked amazing in the preseason. Yeah, especially Excited last game. to see him. Yeah. Two touchdowns. Almost a perfect outing. I think he went 11 for 12 with like. 120, 130-something. Unfortunately, the second pick of the Jaguars uh, made a number 25 in the first round. It did not fare as well. Travis, we're going to mess up your last name, and we mess up names here. That's something Grant and I do excel at, actually. Uh, Etienne? Etienne? Sure. Whatever his name is. uh, Was a suspect pick out of the gate. You really didn't need to take him at 25. Could have got him uh, lower, traded down, done whatever you wanted to. Uh, Lots of people felt the Jaguars could have done that. Um, but what's worse is that he's not even going to get to play this year after he tore his ACL in the preseason. I felt the Jaguars had bigger areas of need than running back with this pick. Yeah. Uh, you could have done a lot of things. James Robinson, their, what, who will now be their starting running back, was coming off a surprising season for the Jaguars. He scored 10 touchdowns, had over 1,400 total yards uh, in his uh, first full-time uh, sorry campaign uh, as a starter. He seemed locked in as that starter until pick 25. So... Yep. I look at a lot of things here. They just traded Gardner uh, Minshew away to the Eagles, which was just to me, a little nuts, a little nuts. Um, Cause I, I don't like CJ Bethard as a backup. Also again, former 49er um, and, and a Trent Bolt guy, by the way, uh, is why they, why they ah. snagged him. Um, but uh, they seem to have done a lot of the little things like letting Tim Tebow go that were necessary. Um, and they yeah. brought in a lot of little right pieces uh, for the moment, but, I think the Jaguars um, aren't the worst team in this division, but no. they're going to go six and eleven.
1: <sighs> six and eleven, yeah, I, I I think that's about right. Five five wins, six wins, somewhere around there. Okay. I do think that the Travis ateen whatever his name, pick is one of my least favorite picks in this draft because you just had James Robinson who had over a thousand yards and what was it, ten touchdowns? That yeah. you said. Yeah, fourteen
0: hundred yards, ten touchdowns. Why?
1: Why? Why would you? Why? Why would you? Right. Why would you do that? I mean, there are other running backs you could have gotten. And I know it's 100%. It's the same. Defensive line, offensive tackle. Absolutely. That's what they needed. And I think that that was 100% the let's partner him up. It's his buddy from college kind of deal, which we'll also get to later. Another partner up, a buddy from college right. kind of thing. And I just feel like it was it just wasn't like James Robinson was a stud. yeah, And especially with now uh, him going down, I think James Robinson is a – you need to be looking at him on your fantasy teams, like that dude. Absolutely, like Ab. He, now it's just him. Don't don't let him.
0: I I know I know you're going to get away with a little bit just because of the way that pre uh, preseason rankings work with uh, fantasy football. Don't listen um, to those. James Robinson uh, is is probably probably end of the second round talent. but he's going as early as the end of the third and beginning of fourth and getting drafted as late as early fifth. That's insane. Who cares what your grade is on Yahoo or ESPN or NFL.com, whatever you do. If you get him in your third and fourth pick. Early fourth, do it. Yeah, I did a mock draft
1: draft last night and he was super low on the board. So all these people are just taking the top guy. Yeah, And I got him in, I think the fourth round. Yeah. with pick whatever that would have been. I don't remember. But, and I was like, oh, these guys are stupid. Like, we're just doing this mock draft. Like, absolutely look at him. And, and, him. and, and let me give you a
0: couple comparisons. If it's him or uh, if it's Jacobs uh, from Oakland. I'm taking take James Robinson. Yeah. yeah. If it's him or I'm trying to think of what's the other fourth rounder. Miles Sanders, of course. Um, you taking Robinson. Yeah. I, I mean, it, he, the only thing that... Montgomery by me might be a, another fair comparison. Uh, yeah. Just for uh, the amount of carries he's going to get. But I. I think James Robinson is 16, 17. Remember, he did that without a complete season.
1: Without a complete okay. season, so yeah. fourteen
0: hundred yards without a complete season, guys. I if you're in in three hundred, some of that is catching. So, you're, and if you're in a half or full point PPR, you're getting that as well. Yeah, James Robinson, get it. I done. also
1: I also really like Lavisca Chenault as well. That seemed to yeah. be uh, Lawrence's favorite target in the preseason. Mm-hmm. He, he looked his way a lot. They did
0: not play Marvin a lot. I no, do like no, Marvin they, as a passer. I, I do catcher. too, but I'm he's just saying have more I, receptions. That's me. Yeah, I yeah but I, I think receptions. that
1: people are gonna overlook Laviska. Absolutely, like, you are. can get him because he plays like, for Jacksonville. But you can get him in a lower round, yeah, like a, a much lower round, and he's he's a wide receiver number two. So
0: yep. Moving on. Uh, well, let's move oh, move to the the better half of the division here. Yes, uh, the Colts endured quite a year. Already in 2021, uh, after going 11-5 last season, finishing in second place in the AFC South behind Tennessee, the Colts lost to the Bills 27-24 in the wild Card round of the playoffs. Heck of a game. Uh, yeah. That ended up being, at least for now, Phillip Rivers' uh, final one of his career, uh, final game of his career. That left a gaping hole in the offense. The Colts then trade for Carson Wentz, um, a move I thought was brilliant for them. I think a lot of people saw it coming, too. Yeah, this is. I, th- I believe it's a third-round pick they gave up, possibly a second if he hits it can a playing t- time. But it, it
1: can turn into
0: a first, I is believe. Is it a second that goes to a first? I think it's, a, se- it's okay. a second that goes second to a goes first. Second goes to a first, my bad. Um, and uh, depending on playing time, uh, which we know has been the issue for Carson Wentz, it's not is he good, it's how long can he stay on the field. Yeah. Uh, but they did fill their biggest need by taking the former MVP, and they're hopefully getting a really hungry version of him. Sounds um, like it. It does. He, he sounds... Fired Super up ready to go I mean it's as excited as you've ever seen that redhead um <laughs> he suffered a camp injury uh early on him and Quentin Nelson which we'll get to in a moment uh the same injury was so weird uh um, yeah, that was odd but uh it looks like he's a full go for week one he just came off the COVID list yesterday and Once? uh they yeah he's yeah. ready to go so he only had uh, to be there like on, for five days yeah and well and I think he just had to take uh do a couple negatives and he was yeah. good uh, they then draft uh, drafted quitty pay uh, a defensive end slash monster from Michigan uh, that dude has the tools to be an every down player for the Colts love that pick uh, it was a necessity for a team who already had a great defense they needed another pass rusher they'd given up one uh, in the offseason we'll talk about that a little later and so that filled a, a immediate need the key to getting wins with Carson Wentz again is to give him time and keep him upright. So the Colts are looking to do that by signing all pro left tackle Eric Fisher, who had departed from the Chiefs. Uh, not to mention, again, they have. We, we've, we've talked about this a lot. He probably is. He's the, definitely the best interior lineman. He might just be the best lineman in the NFL I with think Quinn Nelson. Because of his age, too. Sure. He's young. He is a man eaten beast. Um, He's a guard that plays like a tackle. Oh, He does. I mean, he he was two inches taller. We just put him in the Hall of Fame next year. uh, Seriously. Um, But uh, uh, he anchored that offensive line last year, left guard, uh, and he's going to be now playing next to uh, possible uh, future Hall of Famer, Eric Fisher. Uh, That unit ranked seventh overall, which I was a little surprised at. I think that had more to do with Phillip Rivers than it did with the line. Uh, Just Rivers couldn't move. Um, but they also re-signed T.Y. Hilton to keep all their first four receivers in the lineup, including uh, second year, and I I believe breakout player because T.Y. is going to be out for the first six weeks. Michael Pittman, that's – I saw in one draft, I auto-drafted on accident this week. I have not done that in years.
1: I'm about uh, to get I was a new hang a,
0: i was, <laughs> I, was, I was hanging out with a friend, and I just lost track of time. I'm sure it's happened to people listening, but – Man, that was bad for me, um, but Pittman went undrafted. Yeah, that's crazy. Don't let that happen. Okay, Get him in a late round snag. They also got Zach Pascal, Paris Campbell on the other side uh, of the ball. They re-signed Xavier Rhodes, and they've kept together their entire defensive unit, uh, minus one or two, one starter and a, and a role player. Uh, they gave up the 11th fewest points. And the eighth fewest yards last year. When you look at this team, that is going to be their go to unit. They're going to get stops more often than most. I love Jonathan Taylor uh, in the backfield running the rock. I got him ranked around number 10 on my fantasy running back list. A lot of people are like, oh my gosh, he's so good. You got to take him higher. They hand the ball off to multiple people on this team. And Hines, not.
1: That other guy? Yeah. He's going to take carries He's going to take carries. Marlon Mack is coming back too. He'll take carries away. So as much as I
0: do like Jonathan Taylor, and I know he's going to be the head of that three headed monster, um, um you you got to you got to stay away from the Colts running back. Uh, high. Yeah, you, high. You, you take him low, but uh, cuz there's if he's your if he's your th- if he's your second or your third, if you're like me and you just go after running backs at the top a lot, um you're going to be okay uh, to take him as your third. But Sure. I think I, third running back. Yeah. Yeah. Um anyway, I also like Darius Leonard, of course, because Ooh, he might be... I mean, he's, he's right there. We got we got three really good linebackers in the NFL. This kid's one of them. Um, and he is a catalyst to that defense. Also got paid. Um, they have one of the the best setups at linebacker in the league. Uh, head coach Frank Reich is a fantastic QB Whisperer. It just happens to be Carson Wentz's former... Uh, was he quarterback, coach, or offensive coordinator? Both at the time. Oh, I, I think did not quarter... know at the time. Let me, let me look at let that. But let he it is... He was... Carson Wentz's original QB whisper, and I—he was the
1: one when Carson Wentz had the MVP season, yeah. and that's, I, that's what matters,
0: right? It is, uh, and I like this team to make the playoffs if Wentz is healthy. Again, I expect this to be the second best team in this division. I like them at ten wins. I like them.
1: Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator. He was the offensive
0: coordinator, so I I I do like them at ten wins. Grant, what do you got, Matt?
1: Yeah, I think I think ten wins is good. Um, I think they're one of those teams vying for that playoff spot. Um, I think they to be right in that mix. And I, I think honestly because I think there's a lot of teams in the AFC that are going to be around 10 wins. I think it's going to come down to tiebreakers a lot for some of these teams. Sure. Because um, I have I have a lot of teams in the AFC around nine, ten wins, and yep. so I, I, I yeah, so I think it, they could they could go to the playoffs. But I also I mean the Dolphins got 10 wins last season, didn't make the playoffs. Cool. So I think it's going to depend on the games they win, when they win them, and who it's against. So. Sure. But well, I, think, I, I yeah, I like 10 wins.
0: Well, let's run up to the the top of this division, uh, the Tennessee Titans. This team's going to be really exciting. Um, They have an incredible offense that has has been spearheaded by the Hulk himself, Mr. Derrick Henry. They added to it with one of the best wide receivers of the past decade in Julio Jones, and they're just flat out built to score. Last year, they had an awesome season, and they went 11-5 But then in the opening round of the playoffs, they played one of their worst games of the year against the Ravens and they fell 20 to 13 expectations are stupid high uh, for this year. Uh, However, because of Julio Jones, because they're getting older and wiser and because they can still hand the ball off to the Hulk 25 times a game and probably will, even with the receivers that they have, that guy's going to see a massive amount of carries this year uh, still. This offseason, they said goodbye to cap space and hello to win now mode. Uh, Julio Jones comes in with a hefty cap hit of $22 million. And then they brought in Bud Dupree, edge rusher from Pittsburgh, who cost the Titans $16.5 million this year in cap. Um, they, They signed him to a nice little contract. And Grant, I looked this up. And could not believe my eyes with this stat. Um, Bud Dupree had, had a very interesting year last year. He had, can you take a guess how many tackles you think he had last season?
1: Defensive end, right? He's a defensive end. They're, they're not um, going to be league. How many games he, did he start? Did he, I was, believe he played he, 14.
0: Okay. Uh, 30 to 40-ish. Bud Dupree had 15 tackles last year. Fifteen. Okay. How? Nine of them. Nine of them were sacks. Two of them were forced fumbles. This dude does one thing very well. He disrupts the quarterback. That might.
1: That's probably. That's got to be the most efficient stat line.
0: Like yeah. I also got to believe if, if he's doing that. Um. I think you should run the ball at him. Just throwing that out there to anybody who's facing yeah, the Titans this fair. year. That's fair. Might want to run the ball at him. I'm uh, not a tackler unless it's a quarterback. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he only sees red. Um, but yeah, that was just really interesting. They also signed Janoris Jenkins away from the saints, uh, and Bradley McDougal to beef up that secondary, uh, those veterans, uh, will be looking to better Bradley a, solid as he, he's a very solid as he he's going to be a good player in that system. Uh, they allowed the 24th most points in the league last year. The secondary though was particularly a bad, they allowed 36 passing touchdowns and over 4,400 yards in the air. Those ranks were 31st and 29th in the league. They also did bring in, we mentioned earlier, the Colts had lost a starter. Uh, Danico Autry, uh, who had seven 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 and a half sacks last year. They're, he's going to be on the other side of Bud Dupree. Uh, they did a lot of work in free agency. I got to say, though, in the draft, uh, I think they did some uh, suspect things. They took a project uh, in cornerback Caleb Farley in the first round. He was coming off of a missed COVID year and a significant injury to his back as well. He has not looked particularly great. You've seen Janoris Jenkins staring him in the eye um, after certain plays in practice and through the preseason and just uh, giving that veteran presence and telling him what he needs to do to be successful. So I don't think you're going to see him in the starting lineup anytime soon. Um, but uh, that's okay because they, they've got those pieces in place right now. The Titans also uh, reached in the second and third rounds with offensive tackle Dylan uh, Daddins from North Carolina and linebacker Monty Rice, who really figures to contribute strongly in special teams but is not going to be a starting uh, linebacker, it seems, for this team. So uh, just a couple misses there and, he, and kind of like, what are you doing? But I think they felt like they were loaded uh, already and uh, ready to take on this year, so they, they took on some projects. Um, all that said, Mike Vrabel has taken this team to the NF- AFC championship game and back, uh, and in 19, he won uh, the division two years in a row. I think he gets it done again with his electric offense, this yeah. retooled and much improved veteran defense. I had the Titans at a solid 11-6. and
1: 11-6? Yeah, I think that's good. I think that that's probably what they're going to do. I think they're going to be able to get the division with that. Uh, I think they're going to win the division. I think that they will win a playoff game or two. I could definitely see that happening sure. with, with their offense and being able to run the ball, keep it away from, them, keep you know players like a Patrick Mahomes, a Lamar Jackson off the field and, that, and then doing so, then be able to, on third down, make those plays to A.J., to Julio. Uh, so yeah, I, I like it a lot. I think that um, it all comes, fall, falls on their defense, what their defense can do and even if it's just a defense that can make stops when they need to, maybe they're going to be a team that maybe they give up a lot of yards and maybe their stats, look but when they need the stop on that goal line or that third down, they get them. I think that's enough for them to do major damage this season. I think that that's all that, because their offense is so powerful and so potent. I think that's all their defense needs to be. Now. I think it should be more. I think that they should be able to like and a, a good deep. I don't think it's a good enough defense to win a super bowl mm-hmm. doing that, but I think it's good enough to do some damage, maybe throw an upset in there. Send it, send a, uh a, a a Super Bowl contender home early in the playoffs. But yeah, I, I have high hopes for this team. I think the Julio, that's a lot of money. $22 million is a lot of that's money for wide receivers. lot of money. But I mean, I would say he's probably the best receiver in the last, of the last 10 years. Absolutely. So, I mean, he deserves all the money he, he wants. So I mean,
0: you know, within reason. Anyway. Okay. okay. Yeah. I know we need to move on to our next division. What are we taking on, Grant?
1: Yes. So we are doing the AFC East, which is a great week to talk about the AFC East. I know we kind of talked a lot about it already. Um, at the top of the show. So we're just going to go with the worst. We're going to go with the New York Jets. And I feel bad for this team. I feel Yay. bad for their fans. That being said, after an abysmal 2020 season, the Jets cleaned house. They finally, finally fired Adam Gase, which they should have done after that first year. I don't really understand why Joe Douglas didn't flush the toilet after one year. said he just kind of let the turd sit there. And that's, that's gross, up. but accurate. It, that, that's the best analogy I could give, and I think it's the most accurate. I don't know why. Anyway, that being said, uh, I think I I don't like them holding on another year because they knew what they were going to get. They knew this was going to be a bad team the second year in. um, And I think it did put them behind the ball and rebuilding a little bit. But that being said, it got them the second overall pick in the draft, uh, which they signed a guy named Zach Wilson. So with that, again, with Joe Douglas, I do like this move. Um, I think that he is kind of a hot and cold GM. I think he's making the right moves now. I do think that the Jets had one of the better off seasons, one of the most active and better off seasons than any other teams in the league. Uh, you know, they, they, they did an awesome thing by, I think getting rid of Jamal Adams and trading him to the Seahawks. I mean, two first rounders for him, I think was they, they're able to hire a robbery as much as I love Jamal Adams. I think he's a fantastic player as a Seahawks fan. They got great return. Okay. They got great return. Right. Getting two first round picks for any player. Yeah. I think is, 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 is a great return unless you're a, you know, Patrick Mahomes or something like that. Right. But especially for a safety, getting two first round picks is pretty great. And, and a starter. And they got Bradley McDougal, who right. ended up not doing much for them anyway. But that being said, I believe they had one of the better off seasons. They hired Robert Sala as their head coach from the 49ers. Um, he also brought a lot of personnel with them as well. He brought um, Matt LaFleur's brother, Mike LaFleur uh, to be the new offensive coordinator. He was a passing games coordinator now he's the OC for that team. and uh, with- Breaking news. Oh, breaking I'll re- news. I'll read this right now. Yeah, go for
0: it. Uh, as we're recording here uh, on Friday morning, uh, New York Jets wide receiver Jamison Crowder just pos- tested positive for COVID-19. Mm. Uh, that, I believe he's got to get two negative tests 24 hours apart. Um, we don't know if he is vaccinated or not, but if he is unvaccinated, he's got to sit for at least 10 days. That'd put him out for week one. Yes, that would. Significantly that would. altering their plans. Yeah, probably uh, definitely because wide was- receiver. Yeah, definitely.
1: Um let's see where it was. I? yeah, so then so they so so Robert Sala brought a lot of a lot of personnel in. I do love this this um fit for Robert Sala. As much as he annoyed me seeing him on the sidelines, clapping and high fiving and going being all intense because a lot of times at least two games I was against my team. But I think he's a perfect fit for them, especially a team that his culture has just been awful. I, I mean, I know, I know J- Jamal Adams has been very critical of that, and just the difference between the Seahawks and the Jets. But it, like, no one wants to be there. Jamal Adams didn't want to be there after three years. Le- Le'Veon Bell didn't want to be there. Granted, I mean, Le'Veon Bell's kind of a little different situation. But that being said, like, I mean, when Sam Darnold got traded, his friends threw him a party that he got away from the New York Jets. Like, this is, a, this, is this is an organization that no one likes. Oh, laugh track. Yep, gotta add the laugh track. but but no one likes being there. And I think people who like being there are liars or really just love being in New York more than actually being on that team. That might be accurate. I think I I just went to
0: New York this summer. I love New York.
1: Yeah. I mean, but then again, I'd I'd much rather be on the giants and the jets.
0: Yeah, no. um, Yeah. Also gonna agree with that one. Yeah.
1: But that being said, I think he brings a a good culture shift that needs to happen. I think he's, I mean, just hearing the press conference, he's much more positive. He's all about addressing the culture. And I think that, um, players loved him in, 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 San Francisco. And so I think that that's going to carry over. He seems to be all about the players in that way. So going back to what they did in the draft, uh, they drafted Zach Wilson with the second overall pick, which was a surprise to no one. He looks good. He looks good. And not only that, but I mean, they had ex quarterbacks from the team congratulating him for, you know, coming on the team before the draft even happened. So was no surprise there. So with doing that, they also landed USC's Elijah Vera Tucker, um, by trading up from number twenty-three, the number twenty-three pick they got from trading Jamal Adams, they traded up into the number fourteenth pick while sending sending two first rounder, two sorry, two third rounders to Minnesota for that. Um, a hefty price, but one that Jeff Douglas seemed worthy, uh, deemed worthy as a huge upgrade for them. In that way, um, I think that that really shows up their offensive line because you have Makai Becton on one side, on the left guard. I'm just sorry, sorry, left guard next to Makai Becton. Uh, you really just two anchors, two tanks on that both sides of the ball there. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker was one of the higher-ranked um, linemen as it was anyway. So with that being said, um, they also drafted with the 32nd pick, Elijah Moore, which apparently now with this new news of one of their he receivers. He just became the
0: number two receiver.
1: Yeah, so he, he may be a good pickup in fantasy for the, to start week one. With that being said, I love Elijah Moore. He had a fantastic final season at Ole Miss. and I expect him to be a great rotational piece. This season, but I do think by the end of the season he could be wide receiver two. Anyway, that being said, because the Rams are number one, they got and Corey Davis, who they signed to a three-year contract, who seems to be Wilson's favorite target. He was the most targeted receiver in
0: the preseason. Yeah, that should give the Jets fans a lot of hope going yeah. into this year. That you watch that connection and and Davis was making catches that were low, high, throwing himself around. uh, you know a little bit at times almost unnecessarily. Uh, just trying to make plays even in the preseason. So you love the chemistry between the yeah,
1: two of them already. And that's something that has been a, a, a large topic of conversation is that chemistry I and mean, they've both been intentional about. Uh they also signed Tevin Coleman to a two-year contract just to give some more depth there as well, which I mean I mean I think Tevin Coleman is kind of a plug and play. He kind of fits on a lot of schemes.
0: Um three and- yards. Three yards. If you need three yep. yards, Tevin Coleman will get it for you every time.
1: Yeah, so I think I think I think that was a great pick just to give some more weapons and things like that. They're a team that definitely knew that they had they've had one of the worst offenses for the past like three years. They've just been awful and abysmal in that way. They've had no help and no weapons. The weapons they did have they they didn't sign not signing Robbie Anderson was so so stupid for them. Uh last season let him go to the Panthers. Or I guess I'm gonna two years ago now. Whatever. Obviously, they understand they need weapons, and so I think getting Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, these Tevin Coleman, uh, drafting a lineman, things like that, are super important to this team. Uh, I think the big question mark is their defense, especially since they they signed Carl Lawson from the Bengals, but he unfortunately tore his Achilles, which is a huge, huge blow for that team. Um, I, I think the thing that's just devastating for them, and I think that's really where their, their overall weakness is going to lie, is that defense. So with that, obviously they understood the importance was their offense, which I think they did a great job doing. Getting that quarterback, getting him some weapons, getting some linemen, keeping him upright. I mean Zach Wilson looks to be the guy. He looks to be uh, ready to go. I mean for the most part he'll have his mistakes, but I mean the thing that I think about with him is his release is just absolutely insane. When he how fast he gets that ball out, his motion, his throwing motion is fantastic. I think it's probably one of the better ones out of this rookie class.
0: Yeah, I think he wins some games. I think the question is just how many games can he will yes. them to?
1: I think, I think they can win six games. Yeah. I, I think like they six. can win six games. So, with that being said, let's move on. The Dolphins is a team next. They are a team that, uh, unlike the Jets, there, there wasn't a whole lot for them to rebuild. They didn't do as much. They won 10 games last season, missed the playoffs. That just shows how talented the AFC was. Last year, they drafted Tua... Tonga Valoia, oh my was, god! You were so close. I don't even know how just to don't, say it. Don't even try and go back. Tua. They drafted Tua with the, with the fifth pick. Uh, during his rookie season, Tua started nine games because a man named Ryan Fitzpatrick existed. Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic. Yep. So Fitzmagic started seven games. Uh, over the past three years, the Dolphins really have been just collecting draft capital, understanding they're not a good team, and just really preparing for the future, which, is, and I mean, I think we're all super impressed with the job that Brian Flores has done. Um, I did not expect him to win ten games last season. I don't think no. anybody did.
0: No, that defense, that defense was on point to to the extent that Tua just had to get the ball at some point over the goal yeah. line, and that was really all he had to do.
1: Yeah, and, and and that's something he didn't do a whole lot of in his nine games. He only had eleven touchdowns, um, not which good. is which which is not not great. That's about uh t- one. I think it's about one point two touchdowns thrown a game. Um, I think he had a, a one or two rushing touchdowns as well. But that being said, uh, they drafted it with the six overall pick. Speaking of the draft capital they have collected, they were drafted uh Jalen Jalen Waddle with the six overall pick to get to us uh, some help. I like this pick a lot. I think he was probably one of the the best one available to them at that pick, because that I think is what they needed. They didn't need to go get a lineman. They didn't need to go do these things. They needed weapons. And so they did what they needed to do. I know, a lot of people still still like criticize a lot of people still criticize, you know, getting these like toys in the early rounds but if that's what you need do it so I like the pick um, get him some help they also drafted with the 18th pick I think that was with Laramie no the the sixth overall pick is they got that from the Texans because that's what that's correct that's what they, they traded with the Laramie Tunsil trade um, so they got their six round pick so as the Texans just got worse it was great for the Dolphins so with their pick that they got their first pick real pick when they didn't trade the 18th pick they drafted uh, Jalen Phillips, who went to Miami, so he stayed in town. Um, I like this pick as well. Good, good. They needed some defensive help there. We were able to get him at the 18th pick. Great pick there. In the offseason, they signed Will Fuller from the Texans, so they add some speed on the perimeter, which they need. They need some of that perimeter. Is he missing time this year? Uh, he will. He's Will Fuller. Yeah. Um, so with that, um, <laughs> as it, it, it's a great pick to for, – for, for not a great pick. A great pick up. But then again, he'll only play five games. But in those five games, he'll have about 400 yards each game and 12 touchdowns each game because <laughs> that's how Will Filler plays the game. Yep. And so his stats will look and he'll look, oh, he had 1,000 yards. Yeah, in three games he played. That's kind of how he is. So I would, I'd, I'd avoid him Stash in fantasy. him on the fantasy roster. Yeah, keep him away um, from other, other people. But, I mean, he's a spot start for sure. Uh, they have a great secondary as well. Uh, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones are yep. – Probably the best tandem in the league, yep. two very solid players. Xavier Howard led the league in interceptions. Um, he got his dispute figured out with the Dolphins, so he's around to stay. Byron Jones, solid, absolutely solid. They also got uh, Justin Coleman from the Lions, who's a solid nickel corner. Um, so I think he played for the Seahawks uh, about three years ago. So I was really sad to see him go. I thought we would sign him, but it shows like he's a great player. He's a great player, so he'll be he'll be great in there. He'll probably get you know two or three interceptions and a lot of pass breakups there. My main point with his Dolphins is this. I honestly think they got worse because, I mean, maybe stayed the same, but I don't think they got better because Fitz Magic is a real thing. He was the difference maker in a lot of these games. He came, he at least two of these games that they won were because Fitz Magic, Fitzpatrick showed up in clutch time. One of those games was a Hail Mary that he got a face mask call on him and put them, like on the last play of the game, put them at like the 20-yard line or 10-yard line and then threw a dart and got the t- on the last play like he's real he was a difference maker and we didn't see much of that from Tua I'm not a Tua hater but I didn't see a whole lot to be excited for in him yeah last season I'm not saying he can't I think he has the potential to be okay to be good um I don't think they need him to be like you know throw almost 30 35 36 touchdowns to win games I don't think they need him to but they need him to th- to average more than a touchdown a game
0: so so is this a situation where you're looking at it and going they're going to be in the same spot. They're yep. going to, they may win nine or 10. Yep, and I have been nine wins. Them nine wins. Yeah. Nine. I, because
1: I think that they'll lose the game because they don't have Fitzpatrick.
0: See, and I, I, I can't, I can't disagree with that. I absolutely believe in Fitz magic. If you don't believe in Fitz magic at this point, you um, don't watch football. Yeah. Seriously. Where have you been the last five years? Uh, Cause that dude catches fire and wins games. I'm so excited to watch him play in Washington as an undisputed starter. Uh, yeah. That is going to be fun. But, I got to agree there. Nine I, th- wins. I think nine and eight, man, it's, it's not, and you make the, you make a great point when you say, it's not that they, and I think, well, you roundabout said this, but it's not that they got uh, like worse in the sense that this team went out and did or lost a bunch of players no. or a whole bunch of stuff happened. It's, they didn't get better at the quarterback position. No, they, they probably got a little worse with losing Fitzmagic, magic. And that's, the most important position in sports, not just in yep. football, but in sports. So I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to, uh, I'm it all go, falls on him. I'm going to go nine wins. Yeah. yeah I, nine wins. Nine. I don't think they make the playoffs. Sorry, Miami fans. And it's not, no, I mean, Brian no Forrest has done a phenomenal job. No, no hate on the coach. I, I think, I think as a GM, you made an investment. You got to see it through this year, but I think the Miami, Miami is also. On the and it just,
1: it just, it just looks not as good with who went this, the the next pick, the number six pick that year. And the man named Justin Herbert. Absolutely. That that really taints. I think that honestly, for most people. Yeah. So. Uh,
0: yeah. You 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 fired. You missed. I I always say this. I'm not a fan of taking uh, players that get injured in college at all. guess yeah, he had the not... Bo Jackson
1: hip injury. Right. And and
0: and. I mean, he looks healthy. Yeah. He doesn't look healthy. But I just don't like doing it. And and we'll say this till you know, as long as uh, as long and forever about Tua is. I think we can always ask this question: Was it in at Alabama? Was it Tua? Or was it Devonta Smith, Henry Rux, Jerry Judy? I mean we could keep going down a list, couldn't we? I mean Jalen,
1: No, wait, Jalen Waddle, right? What do he play with Nah I don't
0: think he played with Waddle. Right? Well yes he did. You have to have. At least for one year. Yeah. But like you, you had and then well, and, and also, then you was just
1: looking at the games. I watched plenty of the games. I mean the dudes are like you could drive a like, there's so oh, much yeah. space. Their offensive
0: line, the fact that he could hand the ball off to a guy who was going to get drafted the next year in the NFL yeah, every but, I mean, single like, year. like like And uh, in Oklahoma, that didn't change much. The
1: wide receiver was just wide open. Yeah. There'd be no one on the screen. They'd be that open. What, didn't he else? No defenders on the. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So, I mean, who knows? I said it at Oklahoma. I just called out Jalen Hurts as being to it. Uh, I'm so sorry. I'm making fun of myself right now. But uh, I I, that. if you caught that, that was my bad, people. Don't judge me. First episode, and we're already, we already, no it. <laughs> Major no correction. Major yeah. correction. All right, I well, we to keep moving. Let's move on.
1: So, next, we'll talk about the Patriots. We already talked about them a little bit. So, they went 7-9 and nine last year. Um, and with that, we kind of discovered COVID cam. Uh, COVID really affected cam. I think that we all can agree with that. He did not look the same. He started out hot. I think the first two, three games started out good. Um, he, I mean, granted, he was running the ball a lot. That's a lot, of, a lot of read options, a lot of, you know, quarterback options, things like that. But we found out that Brady is the system. I think that that's fair, a fair a fair point to make, especially with what Brady did last season by winning a seventh. Gosh, that's just insane to say that he has that's seven. That's so disrespectful to Bill Belichick. I, You're I, the worst. I, 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 okay, that's fine. But at the same time, I mean, you can't argue that Brady is almost all of that success. I mean, he went off to a new team and just won the Super Bowl. Bill Belichick is the greatest football coach of all time. Yes, he is. But he also had the greatest co- uh, quarterback of all time. So all right.
0: can't argue with that one.
1: With that being said, I mean, I, 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 we kind of alluded to it before. I mean, I think Cam still, still can be talented. Uh, they had no weapons at all last season. They had nothing. I mean, they had ah. da- they had Damien Harris, uh, running back, who showed up at like week eight.
0: Have We already made fun of Nikhil Harry today.
1: We did a little bit, and <laughs> I'll make fun of him more. He's a bust. Nikhil <laughs> Harry is a bust. Julian Edelman didn't play at all. Um, yeah. they had no. T- they've had. They've had. Happy a- retirement. They've had me. awful tight ends since Gronkowski left. That's been a, a huge weak spot but for they them. Spent all this money. Well, wait. I'm gonna get to that. I know. You're of, You're Just of the- say it right now. No. 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 So anyway. So obviously they did not believe a whole lot in Cam Newton, and so with the 15th overall pick they drafted Mac and Cheese Jones, as Cam Newton calls him. Calls Mac and Cheese. Apparently he gives them all nicknames. Um, but they also spent the most money in free agency. So some of those. I mean, Matt kind of alluded to it. They. Drafted Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. two signed Hunter Henry. Did I say drafted? drafted? Yeah, you did. I just said drafted, whatever. Signed Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, two solid tight ends. I think uh, Johnny Smith had a fantastic year, but also, again, that's, one, one, year. Year. that's one, year. one year. That's one year. One year. That's one year. They paid him a lot of money. Hunter Henry, who's super talent. Like, talent-wise, is in my opinion, is like a top-tier talent. He, he just is can't.
0: an IR monster.
1: Yes. He is he, so good. Bro, he eats up those IR just, placements. Oh, he eats them up. Dude. But I mean, the dude is so talented. Like you've seen flash and you're like, bro, he's up there with like Darren Waller and some of those players. So good. So if he can stay healthy, I mean, that's a great pick too. Um, With that, they also uh, gained Matthew Judon from the Ravens. Who I love that pick. That's probably honestly my favorite signing. There is Matthew Judon. He had nine and a half sacks, I believe last season, Uh, nine and a half sacks. They also signed a a couple weapons. I mean, some average ish players in uh, Nelson Aguilar who had a, who had a good season last year. I think he had almost 1,000 yards. He kind of went under the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, yes, he's, he was made fun of being on on the Eagles with, like, he dropped so many, so many. He dropped so many. So many footballs. He dropped so many, especially in crucial points. I think he's the reason the Eagles kind of went out early because he dropped the pass, yeah. a really solid pass. Yeah. Yeah, so they got Nelson Aguilar. If he can get 800 yards, I think it's great for them. Kendrick Bourne, also, he can be solid. Uh, Matt knows more about him than I do, as he is from the 49ers. Um,
0: he, he will not catch the ball on third down. If
1: okay. you need him on
0: first or second, he yeah. will catch the ball.
1: But, I mean, he can be solid, too. Um, I th- And they also got Kyle Van Noy and Trent Brown. So, some, some solid players, Kyle Other and Van people Noy. people that
0: used to play for them that yes. Belichick brought back like he always does.
1: Yes, he always gets rid of them. Another team signs them. They don't play as well. And he's like, okay, I'll take them back for no money. Yeah, That's what he does great. He does a great job of that. So, they did lose Rex Burkhead, who Matt alluded to earlier. He lost him to the Texans. They also lost Jason McCordy, who I believe went to the Dolphins. I believe that's what I saw because I was going through the Dolphins stuff earlier, which I think I forgot to add there. Jason McCordy went there. They also lost Joe Thuney to the Chiefs. Paid a lot of money uh, to of get mind. a lot of we'll money talk to. About that yeah. Later. We'll talk about the next episode. So, yeah, so that's who they lost. Um, and so I'll say right now that I am not a huge believer in Mac Jones. Not a huge believer. Um, I think he has the lowest ceiling out of all these quarterbacks. He is a stays in the pocket. He's not very athletic. Um, and especially in today's NFL that's moving at so fast, you do need that. I know that now. Um, you know, pocket quarterbacks just aren't as aren't as important, but that's what Bill Belichick likes. And it's hard to disagree with something that Bill Belichick likes because he's Bill Belichick. Um, but I I, I just don't I'm just not a huge believer in him, especially in a first year, especially with losing Cam Newton. I do think that Cam Newton uh has the most exp- had the most experience in that quarterback room and could help. Even though they play very different, I do think that Cam Newton could have helped a lot with the development of Mac Jones. You always want veteran quarterbacks in, in your in your quarterback room, and I'm sorry, but Brian Hoyer is a veteran, but he's also Brian Hoyer. So he's a
0: very nice man.
1: Sure, very nice man. Below average quarterback. So with that being said, I think that they are a nine and eight team. I think that they'll kind of battle the Dolphins for for um, for second place. I think that that could go either way, um, yeah. so that's what I got for them. Uh, I think they're better. I just don't love some of the decisions. And again, as much as I love Bill Belichick as the head coach, him as a GM, he makes some weird moves. Moves I don't get, i.e., cutting Cam Newton, because again, uh, it doesn't hurt. Ha- I don't. In my opinion it doesn't hurt having Cam Newton on your team, having a former MVP on your team, um, and some and just some of the weird things that he values more than others that people don't see, and I think people. St- do give like people give him credit for like oh but he's Bill Belichick he's got to do something good but at the same time i think that it's kind of the the uh, i can't think of the word
0: i i think they're holding on to uh, the patriots nostalgia here like yeah it, this is what he always does it'll be fine trust in belichick i i totally get that i think though that you the end of the tom brady era is is Interesting in terms of its timing. I, I I always thought Belichick and Brady would just walk out together. I yeah. thought that would be a thing. I think if Brady would have retired, he might have. Um, but I think
1: Bel Belichick, knowing him, he wanted to kind of prove
0: something. I think he just loves football. That's part of it. Yeah. But I I think it would have been maybe a little bit of, better of a walk off scenario if he just yeah you know, if Brady had retired. Yeah. But I I think that people have been holding on to that nostalgia and and I think what you're going to see here is that one of two things: Belichick either went in with a very specific plan. Yeah. Uh, because no one has signed two tight ends to that kind of money ever. Right. Ever. And I understand that he has implemented the two tight end o- uh, offense incredibly well in years past. And I think that those are two guys that can absolutely do the stuff that One of those dudes was just a
1: killer. He had a killer mentality. I, I had to, I had to, I had to Oh, that.
0: my gosh. I had to say that. I'm sorry. I was not Aaron Hernandez dropped. Uh, yep. If you, if you heard that, you are you going to boo me I'm, on that one? I'm, I don't, you know what? We need to get a boo one. I, is there not a I'm boo just, one on no, this thing? This is a very positive. This is a very positive. That's not what we're right. about. It's very positive. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I think he's done those things. It's going to go one of two ways. That system is really going to come into play in the regular season. We're all going to go. Holy cow. Did we misjudge this or, one way or the other? Or I think we're going to see that Belichick. I can't reinvent himself without certain pieces and uh, it's it's going to be a tank but i i do agree i think they're going to be fighting for that second spot i, I, think, I don't think they'll make the playoffs I, th- I think i don't think this is a playoff team i don't, i i felt like it could be a week ago their wide receiver
1: like like I, I looked at their like overall potential starters and they're just a bunch of average players
0: yeah. right average and, is and, the best and and i and i but i felt like a week ago a week ago that this team was going to compete for the playoffs with cam newton being there as long as he had been there yeah. and all of us know what we can do I was like, man, you know what? Well, and Maybe two I they think. I think. I think too. I think he get
1: a, He can't, He signed with the Patriots last season, super late. Yeah, he did. It, it was, was like June, July,
0: June. I think. Well, I think it was in June. Might that have been being said, that's only. Yeah. That's not very much. No, yeah. it's it's not a lot of time, and 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 I think COVID cam was probably a real thing. I think there's validity to that, but, but it's no weapons. It's going to be really interesting to see what yeah. they do there, and I, I think it's just going to go one of two ways. I also agree with you. I think they're competing for second place. But, but maybe not a, a playoff an, spot. An empty second place. Yeah. So, all right. Going on to
1: the next team and the final team in the NFC East. Gosh, what I've are, done this. Where are summer. you? You did it too. Back off. So, <laughs> the AFC East, the Bills. The Bills went 13-3 and last season. They lost the AFC Championship to the Chiefs. Um, That was a fun game. It was a really fun game. I think everybody kind of, about halfway through the season, I think everybody kind of predicted that, that to be the, the matchup. Yep. Looking at just how... Phenomenal Josh Allen is playing, how phenomenal Patrick Williams is playing. Also, the coaching jobs and things like that. So, speaking of the coaching job, Sean McDermott has done a fantastic job with this team. Um, and I think you can just see how fantastic, just based on what he has gotten out of Josh Allen. First year, he was drafted, I think he was drafted like 17th or 18th. I think he was one of the last quarterbacks taken. Yes. And that, and that, well, I mean, and he was that out of Wyoming. Moment. So, yeah. And, and, but anyway, and like not, not a lot of competition, things like that. A lot of people had a lot of head scratchers there, and kind of a lot of people who had those head scratchers kind of proved right that first season. Did well, not he
0: played twelve games?
1: Twelve games? Do you have some of his? Yeah. Have... Okay. So he played twelve games. His completion percentage was not good. I think it was below fifty. I, th- it, I think it was in the or... low fifties. Okay. Low 50s. Either way, not very good. No, not good. Didn't have a lot of touchdowns. The dude just wanted to run the ball a lot. That's what he just wanted to do. Yep. We just run the ball. Um, but then the next year his completion percentage went up and went up and it continued to rise and doing that he was I think he was the second second person to win MVP second place in my opinion uh, to win MVP he played absolutely phenomenal and so doing so he earned himself a nice payday I'm pulling up his so I'm pulling up real quick some of his stuff so his completion percentage his first year was 52 second year 58, which, so again, that huge, a huge jump there. And guess what it was last year?
0: I know I know it was over 60. I just don't know what it was. 69. I did not know it was 69%. Yeah. That is ridiculous. That is insane. That is some Drew Brees stuff right Yes, there.
1: that is insanely accurate. And he had 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Phenomenal season. And he had uh, 4,500 uh, throwing yards. So with that, he got a handsome payday. He signed a six-year, $258 million extension worth a maximum of $288 million through incentives. So the, that's the max he could get. It's almost $300 million. That's, that's crazy. And that's 100% deserved. 100% deserved. You pay that guy. I think the Bills are the only team that would say no to a Patrick Mahomes trade.
0: It might be. That's totally fair.
1: I think them, I think that, I think, yeah. I think that's about the only team that would say no. Maybe the Ravens, just because they believe in Lamar Jackson.
0: And maybe stupid for that, but I know we don't like to delve too much into the hypotheticals. Yeah.
1: But, but anyway, that being yeah. said, 100 percent deserved. He's the top three quarterback in this league. Phenomenal. The growth, that's what makes it so impressive to me, is it's not some like some like snake oil kind of, oh, he was just good for one year. You've seen the progression. And so with that in the offseason, they signed Emmanuel Sanders. And I think that was I think that's really their big signing. I think that was a great pick because it takes some pressure off Stephon Diggs. Emmanuel Sanders had over over 700 receiving yards last season with a quarterback room that had Taysom Hill in it, who doesn't throw a lot. I think that was extremely impressive, getting that 700 yards in a quarterback again in Drew Brees that doesn't throw down the field a whole lot. I really like Emmanuel Sanders takes pressure off. I think that that kind of a pick your poison because Emmanuel Sanders is still a great player Excuse me, in that way. So they did lose John Brown, who went to the Raiders, and Quentin Jefferson, who went to the Raiders, but I saw something that John Brown asked to get cut from the Raiders. So I think he did. <laughs> so, yeah, and we'll, we'll t- touch on the Raiders in the next episode. But so they drafted Gregory Russo with the 30th pick. Uh, he's a defensive end for Miami. And Carlos Basham, also a D end with a 61st pick. So the first two picks were defensive linemen, which I think is important because I do think their front seven is their weakest link because they have a solid secondary in Micah Hyde and Tredavious White. And so I think their front seven is their weakest their weakest link. Um, but I do think that they understood what they needed to do by drafting two defensive linemen. Also, I'm not a huge fan of their running back depth. Zach Moss is okay. I think he needs to develop a little more. Mm-hmm. Then outside of that, it's Devin Singletary, who I'm also not a huge fan of either.
0: Don't touch those guys in fantasy.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't touch them either. And so I don't like their running back depth, but I think they can could could surprise us. I do think that they're a 13 win team. I don't think they win an extra game with that extra season. We- Not extra season. Extra game. I don't I don't see them going winning that winning another game. I think they're thirteen and four. I think they're in the AFC. So yeah, that's about all I, I got on the Bills. I mean again I think their big move is they just signed Josh Allen, got Emmanuel Sanders.
0: One thing to add we, we that we didn't touch on there is is uh this I, I and you call him this is the most underrated wide receiver in the league. Uh, in, in Mr. Beasley. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. We, we skipped over Mr. Beasley. Wow. Um, Cole Beasley is absolutely fantastic. This is a dude that uh, this year should probably have 1,000 yards. He, he was close, eight, right? Eight, 8, 9. Yeah, he was close last year with the extra game on the schedule. You would think that he'd, he'd eclipse that. Um, I I like him for 1,000 to 1,100. I like him as a late-round get if you're a fantasy owner and you want to spot-start a guy against weak secondaries. Um but uh, that that you're right when you say that that wide receiver room should be really good. That is a veteran wide receiver room uh, that is uh, going to do a fantastic job for their quarterback. Their running back depth is not fantastic, like you said. Uh, that all that for me though, I, I still see this as well as as a, a probably a 13 win uh, team. I I do think they're one of the two best teams in the AFC, uh, I, which I know we'll get to here in in a little bit. But
1: I legitimately think they could win the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah. They they are a contender right now. They're they're in that Super Bowl bubble. Absolutely. If if, if there's four teams in the AFC that got a shot, uh, this one's got to be ranked number one, two, or three. Um, and uh, love with come on, if it's them.
1: ranked three, I think you're stupid.
0: Yeah, well, in my opinion, there's there, there's two teams yeah. that, that we we're gonna talk about on the next episode. Uh, that'll give them a run for the money. Um, well, that's our that's the first half of our AFC preview. Uh, we've got one thing to hit before we get out. Um, and that is, just really quickly, our college picks for this weekend. So we're going to try and get this episode out today. And so we want this on the record. Uh, Grant knows absolutely nothing about uh, national uh, football. No, 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 uh, no, no. The no, d- 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 top no. 25.
1: You... I know a lot about my Oregon Ducks. Mm-hmm. Don't say I know nothing about college football. Okay. What conference I... is
0: Wisconsin in? They
1: have The Big Ten. I don't know. Good job i did i got it yeah. yes Heck yeah yeah i got it okay i like I, seriously I, I i've always found the professional way more interesting apart from the, my ducks so
0: well let let's go ahead and and real quick just just make picks on a few games um and uh, we will we've got a few competitive ones here in the top 25 uh our first game up uh this this should be your cupcake game okay um okay. alabama okay. is playing football and they are playing football against the University of Miami, who's ranked 14 right now. Uh, Who would you like to take in that game? This is going to be in Atlanta, a neutral site. Roll. roll tide, roll. I know they're going to win. Um, I'm also going to take Alabama because why would you root against? Or I mean, I root against them all the time, but why would you pick against them? Uh, here's a yeah, really yeah. here's the complete opposite end. This is a very it should be a very close game. Um, in uh, Indiana versus Iowa. Yeah, this okay. is 17 at playing 18. 17 Indiana playing 18 Iowa what do you got it's
1: pretty close I feel like that could be could go, go
0: right. I am gonna take Iowa uh, I used to live in Missouri and had had to watch a lot of Iowa football okay um that is some boring by the way football uh, okay um, good to know yeah but you can skip watching the game just see the outcome uh, yeah. that'd be great uh, how about, uh, Wisconsin versus Penn States? Uh, you've got, Sorry, should <clears> right. <throat> shouldn't, shouldn't be coughing on the air. That isn't, that's not a thing I want to do. Uh, Penn state is 19 and they are at number 12, Wisconsin. Mm. In Madison at camp Randall and, stadium. Penn state was 19. Yeah. Penn state's 19.
1: And what was Wisconsin Twelve. Is that what you 12, said? 12. I'm going to go, I'm going to go the underdog. I'm going to go Penn state.
0: Grant always loves underdogs. Always. Especially when I,
1: when, I, when I have no dog in the fight, I go with the underdog.
0: Okay. So. Well, uh, Wisconsin is very good at home, and they run the ball incredibly well, and it's an early start time of noon Eastern, 9 a.m. West Coast for us. I'm going to take Wisconsin in that game. Great. And then a uh, real good game. I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, Louisiana, number 23, Louisiana, is playing Texas. Uh, and they're playing at Texas. Uh, Texas. Twenty-three versus twenty-one. Ooh, Who close. you got? The Ragin' Cajuns. I'm gonna go the
1: Lone Star State. I'm gonna go Texas. Did, is, you're gonna the, go Texas. Isn't that yeah. the Lone Star State? Yeah, I don't did sound did stupid.
0: you know that L- the University of Louisiana is called the Ragin' Cajuns?
1: That that should be my day. <laughs> that's <laughs> I awesome. I figured it would.
0: I figured that would be a team name that you love. Uh, here, you know what? I actually am excited to see that. I'm going to take uh, Texas as well. We got one last game, and that is number five, Georgia, against number three, Clemson. That is also a neutral site game. Okay. Who you got? Uh, let's
1: see here. Excuse me, Yanni. Um, let's go Georgia on that one.
0: You got Georgia. Georgia I am, uh just because I... You know, as a Pac-12 fan, hate the SEC. I will be rooting for Clemson, and I'm going to take Clemson as okay. well.
1: I will write these down so that way we can make fun of each other later. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, we got one little treat out the door for you guys. Thank you for listening to our first episode. I uh, we are uh, we're going to conclude this one uh, with the song that you heard at the beginning, with a full version of it by my band, Run on the City.
1: But before you do that, oh, plug that. We have to plug something else. What do we plug? If you want to follow us on oh, social media, you can forgot. find us on Instagram at <laughs> sportsify So that's sportsify period pod. You can find us there. We'll we'll be posting all sorts of stuff. We'll post you know polls. We'll do all sorts of kind of fun stuff. We'll kind of keep it like a sports news um, account as well for new news that comes out or predictions, all those kinds of stuff to get you guys involved and maybe you know share share what you guys view on and polls and things like that. You can also email us at thesportsifypodcast at gmail.com. I'll say that again, thesportsifypodcast at gmail.com. We're looking forward to interacting with you guys. Uh, So, yeah, Matt, take it away.
0: Well, again, this is uh, the song called The Last of Us by my band Run on the City. And uh, here for your listening ears is the entire uh, track. We will see you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.